Good morning, Orlando. Wednesday morning here on the 50,000 watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning closing arguments in the Pulse trial, and an arrest is made in, a, in the suspicious packages. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So, a former Supreme Court justice says it's time to repeal the Second Amendment. You know we have to talk about that, and we will next. And good Wednesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Jurors in the trial of the Pulse gunman's widow will hear closing arguments today, then begin deliberating the charges against her. Noor Salman's attorneys rested yesterday after calling to the stand a Miami-based expert on false confessions. Dr. Bruce Frumpkin said he evaluated Salman last summer and found her to be, quote, very vulnerable and at a much higher risk than the average person, end quote, of confessing to something she didn't do. The prosecution has used statements Salman gave to the FBI the day of the shooting to show that she knew in advance that her husband was planning to attack the Orlando nightclub in which 49 people were killed. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. So our courtroom observer, Stephanie Mays, is going to be there today. We're going to talk to her at 710 around that time this morning and uh, tell her what she thinks is going to happen and what she expects to see today. Ah, I see. I just thought she just uh, didn't, you know, was <laughs> was oversleeping. No, 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 not. <laughs> nope. She, she's going to be out there today, so we'll talk right. to her later on. Excellent. In other news, the White House is defending a new question on the census form that asks if you're a citizen. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said Tuesday that the question on the 2020 census is necessary to protect voters and helps the government comply with the Voting Rights Act. Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer opposes the question and accuses the Trump administration of distorting the census for political reasons. California has already filed suit. Meanwhile, the White House is not refuting a report that President Trump wants to pay for his border wall through the massive military budget. The Washington Post says Trump is selling it to lawmakers as a national security issue. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders would only say yesterday that discussions about the wall are ongoing. She stepped around questions about why Mexico is not paying for the wall. During the 2016 presidential campaign, Trump repeatedly promised supporters that Mexico would foot the bill. Now, from what I understand... Uh, Congress would still have to approve that if he used military spending, right. that still has to be approved by Congress so he could face the same challenges he did in trying to get funding before. It, it, and the funding is, is the big sticking point. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah. the big sticking point. Federal authorities say a man is facing charges of sending a half dozen suspicious packages to military installations and government buildings in the Washington, D.C. area. The FBI says 43-year-old Tran Kong Fan was arrested this week in Everett, Washington. A package sent to the National Defense University at Fort McNair in D.C. yesterday morning contained explosive material. The package was rendered safe, though, and no one was hurt. Five other packages, though, were found at the CIA's mail sorting facility, the White House mail sorting facility, a Navy building in Virginia, and two facilities at Fort Belvoir, Virginia. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg will reportedly testify before Congress about his company's data practices. The FTC says it takes very seriously recent press reports raising substantial concerns about the privacy practices of Facebook. The company is dealing with a growing controversy over massive data mining by Cambridge Analytica in the 2016 presidential campaign. 
Zuckerberg and other social media CEOs have been called on to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And finally, speaking of Cambridge Analytica, their whistleblower, Christopher Wiley, says not only do we have to worry about data mining, Mm-hmm. but also says Facebook is listening to people through their smartphones. Yeah, this is something that not only Facebook has been accused of, but I know Google has been accused of this in the past. Um, so, Well, speaking to a group of uh, British lawmakers uh, yesterday looking into Cambridge Analytica's influence over the 2016 Brexit vote, that was the vote that Britain held whether or right. not to exit the European Union, Wiley said Facebook tries to figure out where you're based on the ambient noise. He says it tries to determine if you're outside watching television or in an office, for instance, in order to improve targeted advertising. Facebook denies it listens in on anyone. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Apparently, there's a bunch of people out there that posted online somewhere evidence that Facebook was doing this because they would get targeted ads for things that they've never searched for online or anything. It's so funny the, you say that. There was a reporter yesterday, I can't remember what channel I was watching, but had said that he had butt-dialed somebody, did not know it, and found the call log on Facebook. Didn't even know the phone call had been made. He found the call log yeah. on Facebook? Yeah, he said some somewhere there's a way for you to be able to find out all of the data that Facebook keeps on you, and one of those was a was a call log. Really? It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it myself. Wow. Yep, makes my iPhone 4 from August 2011 looking pretty snazzy <laughs> with its cracked second screen. I'm telling but, you what. Bud is really proud of his flip phone today. I'll tell you what, Bud, <laughs> you are the smartest man in Orlando right now. Everybody else is like looking at their smartphones, wondering just what did I say that last conversation? WFLA News Time at 6.07. Read about how you can make your wallet great again at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So, yes, this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud should be back tomorrow. Um, He was having a little voice trouble. I'm noticing a lot of people, a lot of friends that I have or people that I know, every time they travel, they end up getting sick or something. And I don't know what it is about traveling on a plane that makes you sick. I would say it's the rich food, the time off, (laughs) the happy moments. Is Is that what it is? I don't know. It takes you out of the norm. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know if it's the change in um, weather or if it's being in a plane too long, but there's a few people that I've known recently that have had this problem. It's a recycled air. See, I've I've heard that. I've heard it's the recycled air. It's not the viruses and stuff, and it's that the air is so dry in an airplane. And that tends to dry out your, your sinuses, which makes them more susceptible to cold and virus. Yeah, so Bud is resting the voice, but he should be back tomorrow. Um, and we have Mr. Tom Benson producing as well. We are going to get into what this former Supreme Court justice said about the Second Amendment. But before we do that, you have a chance to win your share of $480,000 because we want to make your wallet great again. Listen for the new keyword at the top of the hour coming up next. Then text that word to 200, 200 
You could be our next $1,000 winner. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025. So it's good to see that the president supports the Second Amendment. I always like that. You know, we are constantly told by the left that they do not want to take away our guns. That they just want common sense gun control laws. This is what we always hear. Ah. <laughs> Tom Benson isn't buying it, apparently. Um, in fact, we heard this from one of the students at Parkland, one of the outspoken students on Sunday when he was on Fox News Sunday, Cameron Kasky. He was basically saying the same thing. In fact, here's that audio. We are not trying to take everybody's guns away. My father is a reserve police officer. We have guns in our house. They are responsibly managed and hidden from anyone but him. But the, the point is, we are not trying to take everybody's guns away. And the NRA wants people to think that. They're fear mongers. They want to sell weapons by exploiting people's fears. So the second we want to put common sense regulations on these assault weapons, the NRA will say they are trying to steal every single one of your guns. And people believe them. Fortunately, the majority of the American people see past this. Okay, fair enough. They, they just want common sense gun control. Yeah, except every time somebody says something like Cameron just said, somebody on the left goes totally against it and then talks about repealing the Second Amendment. Besides that, who determines what's common sense? Well, of course. <laughs> well, the courts will. Yeah. Amazing that this is a former Supreme Court justice wanting the courts to do this. This is what he said in um, his op-ed in the New York Times. He said, rarely in my lifetime have I seen the type of civic engagement school children and their supporters demonstrated in Washington and other major cities throughout the country this past Saturday. These demonstrations demand our respect. They reveal the broad public support for legislation to minimize the risk of mass killings of school children and others in our society. Okay, normal stuff so far. He continues on. He says, that support is a clear sign that lawmakers two lawmakers to enact a legislation prohibiting civilian ownership of semi-automatic weapons. Well, he's talking about the repeal of all semi-automatic weapons, which is the majority of guns in this country are semi-automatic. Increasing the minimum age to buy a gun from 18 to 21 years old and establishing more comprehensive background checks on all purchasers of firearms. This is where it gets really controversial here. So what he said. But the demonstrators should seek more effective and more lasting reform. They should demand a repeal of the Second Amendment. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. There you go. It's kind of stunning to think that this guy was on the Supreme Court. Mm. Now, he's a little upset over um, a case where he was the dissent, one of the dissenting opinions. He wrote ah, the dissent. Aha. DC versus Heller, where um, it upholds Second Amendment rights. So that's part of this. Uh, he continues on in this op-ed here. He says, Concern that a national standing army might pose a threat to the security of the separate states led to the adoption of that amendment, which provides that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Today, that concern is a relic of the 18th century. Is it? Hello? Is it a relic? So we should never be concerned about a totalitarian government ever again. No. Uh, There's a lot of people in the world today that have experienced 
being in a totalitarian state. And they'll tell you, yeah, we should always be concerned. There should always be a deterrent against that. But not only that, the reason why he lost that case um, that he's so upset about is because he was trying to argue that, well, guns were just for militias. But the, op, you know, the, the majority of the Supreme Court justices, they read through a lot of history, words, actual words from the founding fathers, and they said, uh, no, no, the history shows that it was much more than that, that the founders actually believed that individuals had a right to keep and bear arms for many different reasons, including protection from a totalitarian state, but also to be able to defend your property and your family and other reasons. It's amazing. This is what conservatives have been saying for years, that all this take for common sense gun control measures is just a stepping stone to repeal the Second Amendment. Well, this is proof that we've been right. The good news is this is incredibly unrealistic. The fact is, it would almost be politically impossible to repeal the Second Amendment through, through another amendment. There's just no way it would happen. The bad news is the left has gotten smart. Instead of going after the actual amendment, they are chipping away at it via other means. More legislation. Now they're going after ammunition. Now they're going after the gun manufacturers. And, of course, they're going after it in the courts. I guess there should be no shock then that it was a judge who came up with this opinion. There are judges like that across this country, probably, and the left knows it, and they're going to go after it in the courts. So what's your take on this? 407-916-5400. You can also text to 23680. Does this prove conservatives right that their true goal in the long run is the repeal of the Second Amendment? You know, yesterday or was it yesterday or a couple days ago, I was playing audio from students at the rallies. And a lot of them were saying, well, we need to repeal the Second Amendment. It's outdated. Is it outdated? No, of course not. Talk more about this, and we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Good Morning in Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. You can visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. We're on News Radio 1025 WFLA, which is an iHeart radio station. We have some calls reacting to um, that, former, that former Supreme Court justice saying we need to repeal the Second Amendment. See what people are thinking about this. Let's go to Steve in Orlando. Steve, what's your take on this? Well, I I, I read it, and I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I do believe that it's an amendment. It can be amended. I don't want to listen. It, Steve? You know, this is opinion. It was opinion and peace, just like this is our opinion discussing it. I don't think um, repealing anything like this in, in America would go over well. Um, there's a lot of drive for that, but I think we'll have to compromise on both sides. And I think, you know, it's going to be three, four, five years from now, but I think you'll see some sort of amendment to it, you know, adding a few extra words, you know, for background checks or something like that. You know, it's, it's smarter minds than us. We're going to have to figure out something because there is a drive to repeal it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to have to settle somewhere in the middle. Okay, Steve, I appreciate your call. Um, I'm, I mean, they might try to have more regulations, but I just don't see them amending the Constitution or amending that amendment. I mean, it's just 
It's too hard to do politically, especially right now. Let's go to uh, John in Titusville. John, what's your take on this? Hey, good morning, Mike. Um, you're, you're kind of saying that this is the left going after the Second Amendment. and It is the left. They've always gone after the Second Amendment, but it's the, it's the left and, and people on the right like, uh, like you, unfortunately. Uh, you were for the removal of uh, Second Amendment rights for 18 to 21. And, uh, Me? I wasn't, no. Those are God-given rights. I, I've you, never... For anyone to, to take them away. I've never said that I was for that. Bud did. Uh, I didn't. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure he asked you if you agreed, and I'm... Well, okay, then. then, then no, I said I understood why Rick Scott signed the bill. I said I understood why Rick Scott signed the bill. He was put in a tough situation, but I don't think okay, it should so, be removed. So, so please clarify. Are you, so you are against the removal of rights for 18 to 21-year-olds? Yes. Okay, then please have that conversation with Bud because he has taken a far left turn on this. I know. We've had, I mean, Bud and I disagree with stuff all the time, but I, 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 I think it's, I've never thought it really made any sense because most of these mass shooters are over 21. What, what was the point of this? It's just, it, there was if no we can have to... people in the military who are 18, why can't we have them legally be able to own a gun? I, it never made any sense to me. But, but this is the problem. People like Bud, who are usually conservative, take a veer left on the second amendment and that's it just inches away it's that slippery slope it is a real thing it's not a slippery cliff it's a slippery maybe one degree slope that over 20 years like like he said oh well we already have legislation against handguns for 18 let's just throw this in too that's the problem you know john i think you make a great point i think he makes a great point i agree with him yeah i'm a little bit more pro second amendment than bud is um, Bud was even considering banning the AR-15. He didn't go that far, but he was he, he was considering it, and I, I disagreed with him. I think this is all just a slippery slope. All right, Deborah Roberts is uh, coming into the studio in just a minute, and she's going to be talking about the closing arguments at the Pulse trial, which are happening today. And Orlando is one of the best cities in the U.S. for entrepreneurs. It is 629. Good morning. Thank you. And Deb is joining me in the studio, and apparently she has some good news if you're an entrepreneur and living in Orlando. Yes, I do. I do have some good news on that. But first, the big story of the day, the Pulse nightclub trial. A few factors made North Salman what one psychologist calls a prime candidate for a false confession. A doctor who testified for the defense yesterday said Salman's lack of intelligence, immaturity, vulnerable nature, and lack of sleep during interrogation contributed to her being coerced into saying she knew about the Pulse nightclub attack ahead of time. Salman is on trial for helping her husband plan the mass shooting two years ago. The defense rested yesterday and closing arguments will be made this morning. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The opioid crisis is hitting the U.S. economy hard. A new study by the American Action Forum shows that opioid addiction has kept almost one million people from working between 1999 and 2015. That reduction in the workforce cost the U.S. economy over $700 billion in that time. Since 1999, the group says opioid overdoses have jumped 425 percent with over 42,000 in 2016 alone. Florida is considered one of the best states for entrepreneurs. That's according to business.org, which studied more than 300 cities and ranked each one based on their startup readiness, financial environments, and demographic cultures. Jacksonville is first on the list for Florida at 28. Orlando is 31st in the nation, and Tampa is number 34. Wow, I didn't know Jacksonville was a great place for entrepreneurs. I didn't realize that either.
Yeah. In the meantime, Florida is also finally overcoming its reputation as a low-tech state. The new cyber state's analysis from technology trade group CompTIA says Florida's tech sector is fourth among the states, and Florida also ranks number two for innovation. Part of that involves smart cities, and spokesman Stephen Ostrowski says a recent conference taught him the city beautiful is a leader in that area. One of the educational tracks had to do with smart cities, and as I recall, we had a a good group of folks from Orlando there who have been very aggressive in, in pursuing ways to make communities more livable by using technologies. Ostrowski says Florida ranks high for new patents and startups. It also shows a big increase in cutting-edge jobs in so-called emerging technologies such as drones, artificial intelligence, and virtual reality. And a big change could be coming for small breweries. The city of Oviedo is considering changing zoning laws to allow more microbreweries and micro wineries to open. One microbrewer is already planning to open at the Oviedo Mall, but city officials recently told Channel 9 there's been interest in opening more. No date has been set yet, though, for a city council that vote. That is becoming really popular in our, in this area. Yes, in it Orlando is. Metro. Yeah. Sanford's got a few, I believe. And it's funny you say that my brother works for a manufacturing plant in Kansas that makes a lot of the barware for microbreweries for, for anyone, pubs and everybody. He he's said, in, yeah, he's in the right business. He is. And he said every day a, a coming across his line is five or six, you know, names of microbreweries in the area that he's never even heard of. And going on tours is something he, he and his fiance like to do of oh. microbreweries. They're just popping up oh, left yeah. and right. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Yaffe and Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report. And I am so glad we are about to talk with Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg Newsroom because what what is going on with the stock market? It's up, it's down, it's all around. Yeah, it is. What, so what we what are, are we, we are in a today? period of volatility. That yeah. is for certain. Yeah, that's an understatement. I mm-hmm. think. So, Gina, what do the futures look like? It's going to be today. Well, right now, the futures are slightly negative this morning. They've come up some from where they were earlier. The Dow futures lower by only about nine points. We had equities in Europe and Asia falling as a sell-off in tech shares spooks investors. Yesterday, the Dow tumbled 345 points, or 1.4%, to 23,858. The S&P lost 46, or 1.7%, closing at 2613. The NASDAQ, which has a lot of tech companies, slid 212 points, or about 3%, to 7,009. We've got a lot of focus on Facebook and the privacy situation. Uh, That is uh, making tech investors nervous. We have concerns over trade tensions, as you know, sparked by the president's protectionist moves. That has further stoked all of the volatility that we've been seeing as well. And we had the Bloomberg Orlando index down about 1.4% yesterday. So it actually did just a little bit better than what we saw in the broader market. So speaking of tech, uh, Tesla... Uh, They have pretty high-tech cars, and they're doing an, an investigation right now. What's that all about, Gina? Well, they've had another crash of one of their cars, and this happened in California on Friday, and the driver was killed. Tesla says it does not know yet what caused the crash of the Model X electric vehicle. The company is working with authorities to retrieve the vehicle logs. They're not able to say at this point if the autopilot 
feature was on. The crash investigated by U.S. authorities does add to Elon Musk's challenges and potentially raises fresh questions about self-driving features after we had that deadly Uber accident just days earlier. Uh, the safety board's investigation into the Tesla crash is the second this year involving the company's vehicle. And keeping with the theme of high-tech companies, Facebook is delaying its virtual assistant speaker. Why are they doing that? They've decided to hold off on unveiling their new home products at their major developer conference coming up in May, in part because the public is so outraged about the company's data privacy practices. According to people familiar with the matter, Facebook's new hardware products, connected speakers with digital assistant and video chat capabilities, are undergoing a deeper review to make sure that they make the right trade-offs regarding user data. All right, and warehouses are now worth more than office buildings? In a lot of cases, they are. Warehouses uh, are worth more than office buildings, but these are not just any warehouses. They are giant, high-tech warehouses, to be precise. According to Colliers International, these are big box affairs defined as having at least 200,000 square feet, 28-foot ceilings. They're also not the sleepy warehouses of old. As e-commerce companies race to ship their goods, they need sophisticated equipment to assemble orders and also a swelling workforce to manage it all. All right, Gina, I uh, appreciate you coming on with us this morning, and we'll see what the stock market does today, and we'll get an update from you tomorrow. All right, take care. So the left is outraged again, of course, <laughs> kind of a common theme lately, but the Trump administration announced that they want to add a citizenship question to the census. I, I, it seems like a no-brainer to me, but we're going to talk about that. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Ever had a kidney stone? Oh, man, the Bud Man here. I've only had one. I'll never forget how bad the pain was. I wound up at the ER, waited for hours. Never again. If you ever get a kidney stone, what you need to do is connect with my friends at Orlando Urology Associates because they are famous for their kidney stone rapid care where they see you, diagnose, and treat your kidney stones all in the same day with the least invasive techniques. Kidney stone, don't go to the ER. When pain doesn't allow you to wait, go to Orlando Urology Associates. The website... RapidStoneCare.com. Do you have sleep apnea? Are you tired of dragging your big, bulky CPAP device with you whenever you leave home? Yeah, well, I was too. That's why I'm so glad I called to try the Transcend Mini CPAP for 10 nights. I can't imagine living without it now. My Transcend is about as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. That's less hassle to carry than my shaving kit. Plus, I was able to add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. But hey, that's not all. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, which means I can finally sleep comfortably while flying. Heck, I can sleep comfortably anywhere now. So if that all sounds good to you, call now to give Transcend a try. You'll be glad you did. Now you can try Transcend and sleep comfortably for 10 restful nights with a money-back guarantee. So call minicpap.com now, 1-800-400-3145. Again, that's 1-800-400-3145. 1-800-400-3145. If you're in or near retirement, this message is for you. Just like your health, your wealth needs regular checkups. Tune in to the retirement income doctor, Michael Eastham, for your weekly checkup, Saturday afternoons at 4. All your favorite music. 
music. All your favorite stations. All free. That's iHeartRadio. All your favorite music. This is Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones. Hi, this is Mick Jones of Foreigner on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio is all your favorite stations. Thousands of the best radio stations from across the country. Plus, iHeartRadio is free. Download the app today. All your favorite music. All your favorite stations. All free. iHeartRadio. So there's actually some smart people in California, believe it or not. Some people in California are actually fighting against the sanctuary city laws. I know. Unbelievable. We'll talk about that next. But first, we have traffic and weather together. This report is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. We remain slow westbound on I-4 from Lake Mary Boulevard into 436. And eastbound I-4 is starting to build up from U.S. Highway 27 into the 429. Have an accident on John Young Parkway a little bit south of Whisper Lakes Boulevard near Crystal Creek Boulevard. It's a smooth ride on Florida Turnpike and on the 429. No problems to report on the beach sign, the Greenway, or on the 408. And if you see traffic problems, call the Safe Touch Security Tip Line at 866-676-8477. From the Traffic Center, I'm Daisy Ash. Rocket Mortgage is simple, so you can understand the details and be sure you're getting the right mortgage. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. Visit rocketmortgage.com today. Licensed in all 50 states. Equal housing lender and MLS number 3030. Injured? Dial pound 529 on your cell. Pound law, that's all. Here's your News Radio 1025 exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Mostly sunny today, a nice day with highs between 76 and 83. Tonight will be partly cloudy with lows of 56 to 65. Warm with sunshine and highs of 81 to 87 tomorrow. Some sun giving way to clouds and an afternoon shower Friday. Highs of 83 to 89. News, weather, and traffic every 10 minutes in the morning. I'm Heather's Air, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here's looking at one of the top stories we have for you this morning. The White House is not refuting a report that President Trump wants to pay for his border wall through the massive military budget. The Washington Post says Trump is selling it to lawmakers as a national security issue. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders would only say yesterday that discussions about the wall are ongoing. Updates on our top stories every 10 minutes on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I did want to clarify one thing to put a button on the Second Amendment topic. Uh, caller was saying that I agreed with Bud that we should raise the age to buy a rifle to 21. Um, it's not, I never agree with Bud with that. One thing I did agree with Bud on, Bud brought it up. The NRA is suing Florida over that new rule. Bud brought up the point that he thinks the NRA has a tough case because the age to buy a handgun has been 21 for years. And to say, well, it's different for a rifle would be a tough case to make in court. I agree with him on that. I think the NRA is going to have a tough time winning that in court. But I think both should be 18. If you're an, if you're an adult at 18, you have a right to bear arms. That, that's my opinion. All right. Uh, moving on to a different topic here. The Trump administration has once again sparked some outrage on the left by his decision to ask people on the census if they are U.S. citizens. This is according to ABC News here. The 2020 U.S. Census will add a question about citizenship status, a move that brought swift condemnation from Democrats who said it would be it would intimidate immigrants and would discourage them from participating. 
The population count taken every 10 years is more than an academic exercise. It's required by the Constitution and used to determine the number of seats each state has in the House, as well as how, many, how much federal money is distributed to local communities. It helps communities determine where to build schools, hospitals, grocery stores, and more. Congress delegates to the Commerce Secretary the authority to determine census questions. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross had until the end of March to submit the list of questions to Congress. The department said the citizenship information would help the Justice Department enforce the Voting Rights Act, which protects minority voting rights and helps prevent the lawful dilution of the vote on the basis of race. Secretary Ross determined that obtaining complete and accurate information to meet this legitimate government purpose outweighed the limited potential adverse impacts. This has seen a swift response from some Democrats. This is, again, according to ABC News, a coalition of state attorneys general urged the department last month to not add such a question, saying it could lower participation among immigrants and cause a population undercount. California, California Attorney General Xavier Becara said the state will sue the Trump administration over its decision. It says, we're prepared to do what we must to protect California from a deficient census. Massachusetts Secretary of State William Galvin, a Democrat, told AP, the Associated Press, on Tuesday that he expected his state would also join in the lawsuit. And Nancy Pelosi has also said some bad things about this. I have to admit here, there's certain topics that we talk about on this show that amaze me that they're even controversial. Why is this controversial? It really seems like a no-brainer to me to have this question in the census. Shouldn't our representatives be representing citizens? Isn't that the point? And the Constitution specifically says citizens, not residents. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point? We're getting proper account for representation so we can have members of Congress that represent our citizens? You know, if we don't have the citizenship question, we should at least have the legal resident question, in my opinion. That if we don't ask if you're a citizen, we should at least ask, are you a legal resident? Because congressmen are not there to represent illegal immigration. That's, I know it's... Unless you're Democrat. That's apparently <laughs> controversial in the Democrat Party. I don't understand why. Like I said, it seems like a no-brainer. Not only that, but in the long-form census that has happened in the past, they've asked this question. It's not the first time the census has asked the question. It was in the longer-form census, but it was there. Plus, I agree with a lot of people that we need to get an accurate count, as best as we can, of how many illegal immigrants are in this country right now. We don't really know. There's a lot of guesses. But the idea that this is going to scare away immigrants, it's only going to scare away the illegals, <laughs> which they're illegal. They shouldn't be here anyway. Does anyone, can someone else convince me that this should not be on the census? It doesn't seem that controversial to me. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. It is 650 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. It is Wednesday morning here on the 50,000-watt front porch where we always update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. 
on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning closing arguments at the Pulse trial today, and an arrested teen told deputies he wanted to be the next school shooter. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And speaking of the Nor Salman trial, our courtroom observer, Stephanie Mays, is out at the courthouse right now, and she's going to be calling in. And telling us what's going on there. We'll talk about that this half hour. Happy Hump Day. It's 703 on News Radio 1025. Closing arguments are scheduled for this morning in federal court in Orlando in the trial of the widow of the Pulse nightclub gunman. The defense rested without calling Nor Salman to the stand. Family spokeswoman Susan Clary says they trust the judgment of their defense team. She believes that there is not only reasonable doubt, but factual evidence that she's innocent. And so that wasn't necessary for her to testify. The last witness on the stand was a forensic psychologist who testified Nur Salman's personality would make her vulnerable to giving a false confession. Her statements to the FBI are central to the prosecution's case that she helped her husband plan the attack. The government plans to take three hours for its closing arguments, while the defense says it'll only need 90 minutes. The jury could begin deliberating Salman's fate this afternoon. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A 13-year-old boy is locked up in juvenile detention after detectives say he made threats to attack a school in Osceola County that had recently expelled him. Detectives questioned the boy after he was found passed out drunk in Davenport and taken to a hospital. He told them he raided his parents' liquor cabinet, took a bunch of, quote, happy pills, and then, and then said he wanted to, quote, see God and shoot up his former school in Kissimmee. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd says the teen checks all the boxes except for moving forward on his threats. This is the kind of kid that if we don't take seriously and he shows up at a mall, at a church, at a school with a gun, you would be looking back and go, how many more signs did you need? The 13-year-old is charged with felony aggravated stalking. Today is your last chance to see the memorial set up in honor of the victims of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting. Dozens of volunteers from the Parkland Historical Society this morning will start taking down the memorial to preserve the items for future display in a museum. The memorial features teddy bears, homemade signs, flowers, and other items. Historical Society President Jeff Schwartz tells CBS4 that parents of the victims will be allowed to take away any personal items they would like to keep for themselves. Plans to put armed security officers in every school are running into what uh, Brevard County Sheriff calls a roadblock. A school safety measure passed by state lawmakers calls for almost $100 million in funding to place armed security in schools. But Brevard school officials said at a workshop yesterday it won't be enough. Sheriff Wayne Ivey says the new law amounts to an unfunded mandate and neither his office nor the school district has the money needed. He estimates complying with the law will cost almost $8 million, but Florida Today reports the district says it only expects to get about $2.5 million from the state. You know, I, I was just going to say that's that's an interesting issue being brought up by this. Yeah. They did, they did pass a lot of funding, but I think there is no doubt that these local districts are going to have to come up with some of the money on their own. And they're already struggling to come yeah. up with money on their own, you know, with after an influx of Hurricane evacuees from last hurricane mm-hmm. season. Plus, you just add in the regular shortfalls right. that come in, and now they've got this new this new added financial pressure on them. Yeah. 
And finally, students in Wisconsin are marching to the hometown of House Speaker Paul Ryan for, uh, to call for stricter gun laws. The 50-mile more march started in Madison Sunday, the day after the National March for Our Lives gun violence demonstrations. Organizers of the group of 50 or so students say they were inspired by the 1965 Selma to Montgomery Civil Rights March. The plan is to end the march in Janesville today. WFLA News Time at 7.06. Read about Uncle Sam just unfriending Facebook at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So Uncle Sam is off Facebook, huh? Just like a lot of people. <laughs> and now comes, you know, we know. did we did the story about uh, at 6 o'clock about how yeah. not only is the data mining costing Facebook, but now comes word that it's listening to you on your smartphones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Facebook is denying that. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the, the real story to me is this is not, it's not just Facebook doing this stuff. No, we, we we're focused on Facebook and maybe this will shed light on all of it. But I got to tell people, if you think it's just Facebook, no, it's a lot of these. A lot of these apps are doing stuff like that. Yeah. Like you said earlier, Google, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you can use a voice activated microphone with something that means they can listen back, even if we don't know it. So it's going to be really interesting to see the ramifications of all of this. Oh, yeah. In the end, if there's going to be a lot of pressure on these data companies not to do stuff like that. And if they can't do stuff like that, that's a lot of money out of their pockets. Well, at least uphold your own privacy policies. Right. At least uphold your own privacy policies. Yeah. You know, Zuckerberg, Although, don't, <laughs> don't spend the money taking out a full-page ad in the newspaper to apologize if in the end... Well, although the other issue is, though, a lot of times with these privacy policies, we don't really understand what we're agreeing to. No, we don't. they're like five pages long and nobody reads them. So we find out later we agreed to have them <laughs> spy on us. Wait a minute. <laughs> All right. So um, you talked about the Nora Salman trials. Yeah. Stephanie Mays is at the courtroom today. She's going to see the closing arguments. So we're going to talk to her in just a minute. And before that, though, we have the text to win contest. You can win your share of $480,000. Just text the keyword to 200-200 for your chance to win. And that's... Coming up in just a minute, we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud here on Good Morning Orlando. We are right here at the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. We've been talking a lot about the Nor Salman trial, the widow of the Pulse gunman. And Stephanie Mays has been our official courtroom observer. She's been there twice so far, and she is out there this morning as well. And Stephanie, welcome. How are you? Hey, Yaffe. How's it going? Pretty good. So what do you see out there right now? Um, Right now, I'm still in the car about to go in in just a moment. Um, The news trucks are all set up across for me, so they're all getting ready to go. And what do you what do you expect uh, to happen today at the at the trial? Um, today, it looks like both the defense and prosecution are going to basically give their closing statements, and it should go to the jury today. Do you do you have any um, expectations on how long it will take the jury to deliberate? I mean, is there a chance that they'll have a verdict today? Um, I mean, I guess it would be a possibility. I highly doubt that's going to happen, but you never know. We'll see. Um, 
they did, um, her defense had a psychologist testify the other day, actually, on Noor Salman, saying that um, after spending a lot of hours with her, she's very, uh, she's very much a simple woman, very mentally slow, has a very, you know, low IQ. Um, so, Isn't that one of I the reasons know. why they did not want her to testify? Because of her mental state and the fact that they thought she might give a false testimony? Yeah, I mean, they said she's very, you know, she's very easily swayed and she's very vulnerable. So. So do you think that's going to be the main point in the defense closing arguments that one that she is um, very simple woman, not very smart, but also that she was abused? I mean, what other points are the defense going to try to make in their closing arguments to get Nor Salman off? I honestly think that's probably going to be about it, you know, that she's just very incompetent. She doesn't really know what's going on. And, and so what about what about the prosecution? What 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 I, I still have a hard time trying to figure out what exactly their main argument is that she knew. Do you think that the evidence that they have presented and the evidence they're going to present in the closing argument is going to be enough to sway the jury? Personally, from sitting in the past two times, I don't believe that they have enough evidence on her. I think she's going to walk. And I've said that from day one. So, Yeah, and it seems like yeah, every day you're being proven more and more right. What, I mean, what evidence do they have? What is their strongest case that she knew? That she, you know, had gone to several different stores with Omar, um, bought ammunition, um, stuff like that, basically. But I just don't think it's enough. All right, so we have uh, the closing arguments today, and then the jury will deliberate. And all it takes is that is that reasonable doubt, and uh, Nor Salman will walk. Yep, so, I have a bad feeling she will. So yeah, so we'll see what happens there, and then of course we'll talk to you tomorrow as well, Stephanie, about yes, what definitely. you saw. All um, right, sounds good. All right, our courtroom observer Stephanie Mays out uh, at the courthouse today for the Nor Salman trial. Hearing a lot of people. I mean, most, if you ask people's personal opinion, they'll say, yeah, she's most likely guilty. She probably knew about it. It's hard to believe that she didn't know anything about it. But when I hear legal opinions, when you're actually looking at the case, a lot of people are saying the prosecution has not done a good job and there's just not enough evidence beyond a reasonable doubt to convict her. So I guess it could go either way. We will definitely have the latest as it happens here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. And there's no doubt we will be talking about it tomorrow morning right here on Good Morning Orlando. So we appreciate Stephanie for coming on with us this morning. Okay, we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So this was a big topic on the show before, especially after the Pulse shooting. There's a lot of people saying that there should be benefits to first responders, not only for physical injuries, so if they get physical injuries, they get workman's comp, but also for PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And this became big news because after... 
the Pulse thing, after the Pulse massacre, there were some first responders to that event who eventually had PTSD and could not work. And it was a big controversy on whether they should be able to get some benefits for that. Well, in response to a lot of this, that and other instances going on in the state, Florida Governor Rick Scott signed a bill into law supporting them and giving benefit for first responders. Here is the report from the local Tampa Fox affiliate on that. Dozens of firefighters, police officers, and other first responders packed into the Tampa Firefighter Museum as Governor Rick Scott signed a bill into law supporting them. If we expect people to take care of us, they'll never know us, not meet us most likely. We, we, they sh we should be doing the same thing for them. The law eliminates the mandate that a physical injury is needed for Florida first responders to get workman's compensation. Now it will include mental health issues. I am so proud of this day. Megan Vila spearheaded the effort after losing her brother to suicide last September. She says he struggled with PTSD from his 30-year career with the Tampa Fire Department. It's been the most horrific thing that our family has had to endure. My brother was an amazing person and his motto while working was to treat every victim as if they were your relative. And he took that home as well. Vila says the memories of responding to calls overwhelmed him. Babies dying in his arms. A father abused a six-month-old baby, threw it against the wall. And my brother tried to resuscitate it and bring it back to life. And he was unsuccessful. That stress. Florida CFO and State Fire Marshal Jimmy Petronas said up until today, there was not a solution for people suffering like Steve. Now, four states, including the state of Texas, have decided to make the move to embrace a benefit for our first responder communities when it comes to mental health benefits. Governor Scott says Vila's mission accomplished has the potential to save countless lives. It shows you that one person can change the world. Uh, she's somebody that unfortunately had a horrible experience because she lost her brother, and, uh, but she, she made something positive out of it for everybody else. Now, in order to receive benefits, first responders have to meet one of 11 conditions, such as seeing a dead child or witnessing a homicide. They'll have a one-year window to file a claim. That law will become effective October 1. So, in that last part of, the, of what was said there is very important. There has to be some limits to this. But I think, and by the way, you can find that on the Fox 35 website. Our buddies at Fox 35, which if you didn't know, Bud actually is on with them on Fox 35 every morning about 5.15 a.m. So you can always check out Buddy gives his commentary here on Good Morning Orlando, of course, but he's also on TV on Fox 35 every morning at around 5.15. So you can check that out. But it's really, I have to support, it would be really hard for me not to support this bill, honestly. If they're able to get certain benefits for physical injuries, which happen with the job, they have to be able to get benefits for mental injuries as well. There is no doubt, really, in the medical community or anywhere, that PTSD is real. It's a real debilitating thing that happens to people. We have a big problem with it in the military, of course, but also first responders can get it as well. And when someone gets it, they have very little control over over it. There are ways, there's treatments to help 
cope with it, but it's a very real thing that they have to deal with. And there is no telling, you know, people say, well, then you shouldn't take a job like this. You shouldn't be a cop if you're afraid of getting PTSD. There's really no warning on who gets it and who doesn't. You could be the toughest guy in the room and then have go through a traumatic experience and get PTSD. It happens to all kinds of different people. There's no way to predict which people are going to get PTSD. So I think this is a good bill signed by Governor Rick Scott. I'm glad there are limits to it as well. There has to, it has to be verifiable for it to work. Otherwise, then anyone could just claim they have PTSD. But um, I'm glad to see this happen. Good job on Rick Scott on that. All right, Deborah Roberts is once again going to talk about the latest news. She's going to give the latest on the closing arguments at the Pulse trial, which are happening today. And Dunkin' Donuts is unveiling new marathon sneakers. Shoes by Dunkin' Donuts? Interesting. It's 7.30 on Good Morning Orlando. And Deborah Roberts once again joins me in the studio. She has the latest news. And what do you have for us, Deb? Well, jurors in the trial of the Pulse gunman's widow will hear closing arguments today, then begin deliberating the charges against her. Nor Salman's attorneys rested yesterday after calling to the stand a Miami-based expert on false confessions. The prosecution has used statements Salman gave to the FBI the day of the shooting to show that she knew in advance that her husband was planning to attack the Orlando nightclub in which 49 people were killed. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And I know we've got Stephanie Mays, usually our call screener today, courtroom observer. Yep, she's going to be there for the closing arguments. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll have a verdict today. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, it could be just uh, it could be that quick. Yeah, it's all up to the jury. Dunkin Donuts is coming out <laughs> with footwear. Uh, of course they are. Why, why not? Absolutely. I mean, didn't Pizza Hut come out with footwear? Yes, like, they did. Two weeks the, ago. <laughs> and of course, yeah. You see the commercials for it where you can order a pizza on one shoe and pause live TV on the other shoe. (laughs) Well, the coffee and donut chain says they're putting out running shoes in time for next month's Boston Marathon. Oh, okay. The new sneaker has strawberry frosting pink heels with sprinkles on the sides, of course, and coffee colors on the inside. Even the shoe box is designed to look like it could hold a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. The shoes are available online. That's smart. For a limited time, not a Dunkin' Donut price, $110. Wow. For the Dunkin' Donut footwear. All this makes me just want donuts, honestly. (laughs) I know. Donuts followed by tacos because Taco Bell is thinking outside the bun and into the grocery store with a new line of tortilla chips. Oh, okay. The fast food chain announced it'll be rolling out Taco Bell tortilla chips available in their classic hot sauce flavors. So you have... I know, I know that I know of them. Of course, you have mild, hot, um, fire, and Diablo. Yeah, well, drawing inspiration from their fire and mild sauce packets. No word on any Diablo yet. Taco Bell will offer up fire chips, mild chips, and classic chips. The packaging will even include the hot sauce packets' famous one-liners. Tor- oh, smart. Yeah, the tortilla yeah, chips will be available at grocery stores and convenience stores beginning in May. No Diablo, though, huh? No Diablo just yet. It's disappointing. I that's what you, I get. That's what I would get, too, just to feel your face burning off. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Sweet Jesus won't be changing its name. 
the Toronto ice cream shop has come under attack with an online petition signed by thousands accusing the store of blasphemy and declaring open season on Christianity. Owners of the shop say that sweet Jesus is just an exclamation of joy people make when tasting their creations. I mean, that's what most people would think of. Yeah. Another petition argues that an ice cream shop using names and imagery from other religions would never be allowed. The store has added a disclaimer to its website that there is no intention to provide commentary on the belief systems of others. See, Deb always does this, Tom Benson. She'll do one story about donuts, and you're like, man, that sounds good. I could go for some donuts right now. (laughs) And then she talks about, like, Taco Bell, and you're like, oh, man, now that even sounds good. And then ice cream. To top it all off. Oh, no. I've got another one to top it all off. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. oh yeah. You ready for so this? If you're not hungry enough. Here we go. In-N-Out Burger is yes. seeking a restraining order against an online prankster who poses as the company's CEO. He did this at two Los Angeles restaurants, argued with employees, and in one instance, took a hamburger from a customer, threw it to the ground, and stepped on it. Oh, my. I'd have taken are, him out back. Are people thinking this is real? Uh, Well, the Orange County Register reports Monday that the chain filed a lawsuit last week requesting the restraining order against Corey Rader, who posts YouTube videos under the name Troll Munchies. Executive Vice President of In-N-Out Burger Arnie Wensinger says uh, In-N-Out has seen an increase in visitors who are intentionally disruptive and try to promote themselves on social media. Yeah, exactly. And we've got one of these YouTubers here in Central Florida was just arrested at Disney. Just, just let them eat their burgers. Exactly. The suit claims Raider caused significant and irreparable harm to the chain with the incidents. It seeks damages of more than $25,000 and a burger. Some people and just have burger. too much time on their hands. They really do. They really, really? And then they wonder why they get bee slapped. Yeah. You know, yeah. you take my hamburger out, there's gonna, we're going to throw down. Have you ever been to In-N-Out Burger? No, I haven't, but I've heard, they're consistently rated like the best burgers in the country. Yeah, I don't know if they're the best in the country, but they're pretty good. I've had it once when I went to Texas, and it was it was pretty good. Was it? I don't know if it's good for you, but it is pretty good. Well, did it taste good? <laughs> yes. Not good for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There's the rule. Why There's is the test. That? That's so cruel. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> all right. So uh, thank you, Deb, for You're making welcome. us all hungry <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Including myself. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's going to leave and go eat right now, I guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, we have the sound judgment game coming up next for a great prize you can win. It's actually a two for today. You can win the Trump policy board game and tickets to the air show. Sound judgment. I want you to call right now, 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400 if you want, if you want a chance to win. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So we have a couple of great prizes today for the sound judgment game. The phones are full right now, but if somebody gets a wrong answer, you can call 407-916-5400. And Tom Benson is in the control room, and he's going to tell you exactly what you can win. Well, we got a pair of tickets to the Space Coast Warbird Air Show in Titusville. That's happening April 6th through the uh, 8th. And uh, also a copy of the very popular 
Trump Policy Board Game. It's a friendly board game while having stimulating conversation on the most relevant issues of the day. As players move around the board, they draw Twitter cards. That's appropriate, which guide them through their <laughs> moments, uh, movements, that is, and adjust their political uh, uh levels uh, to a certain degree dare to play the game with your family and friends and find out what they really think about what's going on get yours at uh, get more information at trumppolicy.net all right so making a lot of news this week is the comeback of the popular sitcom roseanne in fact it actually premiered yesterday you know they should play that the trump game on the roseanne show that that would be an interesting episode playing that game (laughs) we should get them on that um, here is some audio of Roseanne on Good Morning America talking about how the show came back. Sarah called me, and um, it got a lot of attention, you know. Mm-hmm. Sarah called me and said, you know, is this, uh, would you want to do a, a reunion show? And I said, yeah, definitely. She said, I said, what about John? She goes, oh, John's in. And I said, well, of course then I'm in. So here is the question for you today. Use your sound judgment. To tell me how many years ago did Rose, Roseanne end before this comeback show? So before the comeback show yesterday, how many years ago was it that the last show of Roseanne aired? 407-916-5400. Uh, let's go to line four. Line four, how many years ago was the last episode of Roseanne? 17. Nope, that is incorrect. Not a bad guess. A little bit longer than that. 407-916-5400. We have some open lines if you want to win the Trump board game, the ever-popular Trump board game, and those air show tickets. Let's go to line two. Line two. How many years ago was it? One million. One million? No, no, no I don't think that's right. No. Um, Roseanne doesn't look that old. Let's go to line three. Line three. How many years ago was it? Twenty-one. 21 is exactly right. I think. There's the crowd. There we go. <laughs> 21 is right. 21 years ago. The last episode before um, aired May 20th, 1997. So uh, you got to turn the radio down. Yeah. Oh, okay. And what's your name? Where are you calling from today? Uh, Bob calling from Orlando. Bob from Orlando. So did you take a guess or did you know that? No, I knew it. That I heard on the radio that it uh, last aired '97, just this morning. Oh, okay, great. Well, there you go. That counts. All right, um, I'll put you on hold, and congratulations on winning those prizes. So, Roseanne coming back. Apparently, it's very politically heated on the show. Part of the show is the fact that Roseanne is a Trump supporter, but a lot of the family is against Trump, and it starts arguments. So, very timely. I have not seen the new episode yet, but it is on Hulu, I believe, today. So I'll probably watch it later today. And maybe I'll tell you all uh, what I thought of it. But it actually looks it looks pretty good. So I'll definitely check it out. All right, we have the Rush Morning Update in 10 minutes and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes. And actually, the Rush Morning Update is in less than 10 minutes, and it's in about two minutes. Here at News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Apparently, Bud uh, had trouble with his voice, lost his voice after traveling to New York. That's what happens when you travel to New York, I guess. It makes you sick. I don't know. But <laughs> but uh, he should be back tomorrow, hopefully, if he gets the voice rested. 
Um, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. I call it that because I do my own show, Beyond Reason Radio. You can catch the podcast of Beyond Reason Radio. And I've been posting the podcast of the morning show when I'm hosting. You can find that on my website, beyondreasonradio.com. It's an incredible show. Yes. Tom Benson likes to brag about it more than I do because he produces the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, But we always have a lot of fun, actually, when we do the show. It's called job protection. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, Tom Benson, it turns out that some in California are actually pretty smart. Really? Yeah, there's actually some pretty smart people in the state. You know, they're they're that state is often taken over by leftists, uh-huh. but officials in California's Orange County voted Tuesday yesterday to join a lawsuit from the Trump administration fighting the state's sanctuary city laws. Wow. Hours after the county sheriff's department announced its own methods of pushing back against the legislation aimed at protecting illegal immigrants. The Orange County Board of Supervisors, this is Orange County, California, voted three to zero to join the U.S. Justice Department's lawsuit, which argued three recent California laws deliberately interfered with federal immigration policies. So look at that. Some officials in the state of California fighting back against sanctuary city laws. Good for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm really glad California is doing this. And it's amazing how the left is just not consistent when it comes to states' rights. They will say they're doing this because it's states' rights. Could you imagine if a Republican state decided that they were not going to follow federal law on, say, guns? Could you imagine if a if a state said, yeah, there's this federal law on guns, but we're a sanctuary gun state? Oh, boy. Could you imagine how the left would react to that? Ballistic. Or what about abortion? If you had red states say, we're a sanctuary state against abortion, we outlaw abortion, states' rights, you know, all of a sudden the left would not be for state rights, they would be completely against it. But because it's illegal immigration and they need the illegal immigrant vote and the illegal immigrant support, now they have these sanctuary city laws. Amazing how inconsistent they are on that. The fact is, even if you don't like the immigration policies by this president, immigration is under the jurisdiction of the federal government. So Deborah Roberts is coming in the studio right now, and she's going to talk about the latest news at the top of the hour, including the closing arguments at the Pulse trial, which are happening today. And the governor signs a bill providing workmen's comp to PTSD victims. I talked about that a little bit in the 7 o'clock hour, and Deb's going to also talk about that in just a minute. It is 7.59 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. It is Wednesday morning here on the 50,000-watt front porch, and that means we will update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. And filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning, closing arguments at the Pulse trial today, and the governor signs a bill providing workers' comp to PTSD victims. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So despite all the so-called scandals surrounding the Trump administration, his approval is going up. 
Happy Hump Day. We'll it's 802 that. on News Radio 1025. Jurors in the trial of the Pulse Gunman's widow will hear closing arguments today, then begin deliberating the charges against her. Noor Salman's attorneys rested yesterday after calling to the stand a Miami based expert on false confessions. Dr. Bruce Frumpkin said he evaluated Salman last summer and found her to be, quote, very vulnerable and at a much higher risk than the average person, end quote, of confessing to something she didn't do. The prosecution has used statements Salman, uh, Salman gave to the FBI the day of the shooting to show that she knew in advance that her husband was planning the attack on the Orlando nightclub in which 49 people were killed. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And Stephanie Mays, our courtroom observer, is out there today. She is going to be there for the closing arguments and... I mean, if they come up with a verdict, I guess she'll be there for that, too. So we'll see what happens, and we'll talk to her about that tomorrow morning. Hopefully she brought a snack with her because the government says it's going to take three hours to present its closing arguments. Really? Three hours. The defense says it only needs 90 minutes. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I'm wondering what the prosecution is going to say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. President Trump is tweeting this morning that the Second Amendment will never be repealed. Trump's tweet comes after retired Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens made the suggestion in an op-ed yesterday. Trump also tweeted about North Korea and Kim Jong-un's meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Trump wrote that she contacted him last night to tell him that Kim looks forward to meeting with Trump. An effort to continue the momentum of the March for Our Lives rallies begins in South Florida today. Students and alumni from Stoneman Douglas High School, other local student leaders, and elected officials will gather in Coral Springs to unveil an initiative called 17 for Change. According to a Broward County news release, the new organization is, quote, dedicated to taking on the influential and long-established gun lobby, end quote. 17 for Change plans to advocate for sensible gun laws and identify and track the votes of elected officials who support and oppose change. Florida's first responders will now be provided both medical and paid leave under workers' compensation if diagnosed for post-traumatic stress disorder under a bill signed into law by Governor Rick Scott. If we expect people to take care of us, they'll never know us, not meet us most likely. We, we, they sh we should be doing the same thing for them. First responders must meet at least one of 11 conditions, which include witnessing a homicide or seeing a dead child. Until now, workers' comp benefits only covered physical injuries for the state's first responders. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit in the 7 o'clock hour, and I support what they're doing here. I mean, Rick Scott is exactly right. Yes. We expect them to be there for us in the toughest times. There's no reasons why we can't be there for them. And PTSD is a real thing. It's just as real as say, a bodily injury. Yeah, I mean, and it's been called many different things throughout the ages. We used to call it being shell-shocked after war. And and PTSD was something that was always attributed to war. Yeah. But because of, you know, the mass tragedies, the mass shootings we see, it's, it's, not, well, it's and, not relegated to the battlefield any longer. Well, and natural disasters yeah, and all these things that point. our first responders go into. And people say, well, then you shouldn't take a job like that. But there is no indication who's going to end up with PTSD. No. It could be anyone. You could have been the toughest person ever before taking a job like that and end up with PTSD. It just happens. It just happens. And, and, you, and you don't know what's going to be that call that's going to cause you right. to have PTSD. Right. And we should be happy that there are people who are willing to go out there and rush into what, for most folks, first responders are responding to that person's worst day ever in their life. Yeah, and I'm also glad there are limits to this. There are checks to this. We right. can't just give it away to anyone. 
but I'm, I'm glad Rick Scott signed this. I am too. A Sacramento City Council meeting descended into chaos last night when people expressed their outrage over the fatal police shooting of an unarmed black man. Soon after the meeting started, a large crowd interrupted the proceedings by shouting the name of the victim, Stefan Clark. Clark's brother led the crowd. He said the city council has failed its constituents, that rent is too high and poverty is uncontrollable. He left the meeting, which resumed after a short recess. People who spoke afterward called for the police officers who shot Clark to be fired. And finally, also out west, spring training is over for the Los Angeles Dodgers. After a sewage leak at Dodger Stadium ended their <laughs> exhibition game against the Angels early. Oh, yesterday's game was cut short in the fifth inning after a pipe broke and filled some of the seats with raw sewage. Hopefully you got, they got their money back. <laughs> Dodgers pitcher Ross Stripling told the L.A. Times it was a crappy way to end the spring. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Hey, the pitcher said it. I didn't. <laughs> You're just reporting what he said. Exactly. Uh, WFLA News Time. It's 808. Hey, read about how you can make your wallet great again at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. From News Radio 1025. This is Good Morning Orlando. And I think most of our listeners would not mind making their wallet great again. I wouldn't little, mind it either. <laughs> adding a little cash into their wallet. So the way you can do that is we have our text to win contest. The keyword is coming up in just a moment. What you want to do is text that keyword to 200-200, and you could win your share of $480,000. And that's coming up in just a moment after a message from Deb. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So in a surprising twist of fate, President Trump's approval rating is at 42% on CNN. Yes, that's right. That's according to a poll by CNN. Why is this a big deal? Well, this is according to CNN. President Donald Trump's approval rating has rebounded to its highest level since the 100-day mark of his presidency. According to a new CNN poll conducted by SSRS, even as his approval ratings for handling major issues remains largely negative, overall 42% approve of the way Trump is handling the presidency. 54% disapprove. That's a big deal because approval is up 7 points overall since February including six-point increases among Republicans, went from 80 to 86, and independents went 35 to 41. This might be surprising to a lot of people on the left because they have been telling us for weeks that scandals surrounding Trump will hurt him and take him down. If you go on CNN at any time, at any point, they're probably talking about the Stormy Daniels thing. At least every time I've looked, that's pretty much all they've been talking about. Over and over again. And before that, it was the Russia investigation. Before that, it was all Trump's mentally unfit. But the opposite is happening. The two major scandals the left are trying to focus on and use against Trump right now are the Russia probe by Mueller and Stormy Daniels. Will these hurt Trump? Well, it appears not yet. One interesting thing, though, is some conservatives and some in the middle in the media still think that some of these things could hurt Trump. I'm really not so sure. One example of this is Judge Napolitano on Fox, who last week said Trump should still be worried about the Mueller investigation. Here it is. 
Bob Mueller has, as I said, 13 federal prosecutors, experienced prosecutors, and 30 FBI agents. The president has one full-time and one part-time lawyer. That's it. Unbelievable. Yes. Yes, it is unbelievable. He, he needs to take this seriously. Yeah. So he's still worried about the Mueller investigation. Now, on the other scandal, a scandal, the Stormy Daniels thing, Alan Dershowitz, who has actually been defending Trump against the Mueller probe, saying there's nothing there, came out and said what Trump really should be worried about is Stormy Daniels and the women. This is what he said. I think the president's greatest vulnerability is not right now the Russia probe, because there seems to be nothing there at all. No evidence of collusion, and collusion is not a crime. I think his greatest vulnerability are these women, because he has denied that he has had any affair with any of these women. And if they get him under a deposition, and he testifies that he's had no sexual relations with these women, and they testify that he has, then he could be facing a perjury trap. And that's what got Bill Clinton. Yeah, I'm not sure Trump is going to testify. Really, I don't think he would, but we'll see. I disagree with both of them. I don't think either of these scandals are really going to hurt Trump in the long run. I really don't. They haven't yet, and I don't think they will, especially the Stormy Daniels thing. I think maybe it's tabloid stuff to most people, and that's it. I believe the left has really overplayed their hand on a lot of these things dealing with Trump. In fact, I actually agree with something Van Jones said. I know that doesn't happen very much, the communist Van Jones. He thinks the Dems are becoming like the boy who cried wolf, in a way. This is what he said on CNN. Liberals and progressives spend so much time freaking out about every tweet, everything that Donald Trump does, every day is Armageddon, that then when somebody comes in who might bring us Armageddon, we're out of adjectives. I think Bolton is very dangerous, and I think we've exhausted ourselves on everything else. So I disagree with him on Bolton. I love John Bolton. I think John Bolton will be great in the NSA position. But I think he makes an interesting point that the left, by being outraged at every little thing that Trump does, nothing is outrageous anymore. People are sick of it. Oh, you're outraged again? What a shock. Do you think any of these scandals will hurt Trump? Or do you think his approval rating will continue to go up? Or tell me why you still approve of the president. I'm going to give my thoughts on why I think his approval rating continues to go up in just a sec. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I got a text that just came in. You can text to 23680 or stay in your message and data rate to fly. It says, Trump voters will stand by him. We knew he was not a choir boy when we voted for him. And I think that's a big thing when it comes to all this Stormy Daniels stuff. People know that Trump was not a choir boy. He used to be on Howard Stern for years. That's not why they voted for him. They didn't vote for him because uh, he was an upstanding person of morality. They voted for him because they wanted change. They wanted to drain the swamp. They wanted to shake up Washington. And I really don't think the Stormy Daniels stuff, especially since it's coming from a porn star, is really going to hurt him. And the Mueller stuff, I've agreed with Alan Dershowitz from the beginning. Collusion's not a crime, and it seems more and more that they have no evidence of any real collusion anyway. So we'll see what happens. But his approval rating keeps going up, especially among Republicans, because he's gotten a lot of things done. Even conservatives are getting on the Trump train 
diehard conservatives like myself. I was worried, and some conservatives were, that he wouldn't govern as conservative as we would like. But he's done a lot of great conservative things. And I think that helps Trump, and I think that's why his approval rating keeps going up. Uh, let's take some calls here. Let's go to a Todd in Coco. Todd, what's your take on this? Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think his um, approval rating will continue to climb. Um, I mean, everything he's done so far, he you know, hasn't made any big mistakes. Um, and he's slowly getting things done. I'm a little curious to see what happens with this wall. Um, I think after it's all said and done, I think he will uh, end up making uh, Mexico pay with it uh, with trade. Gotcha. In the long run. So. Todd, I think I agree with you. And, you know, the only vulnerability I see in President Trump really is if he doesn't get some of his promises done. Say if he went against the wall all of a sudden. You know, that that kind of stuff would hurt Trump. But a lot of this other stuff, I don't think it's going to hurt Trump. And if Trump does continue to fulfill his promises, his approval is going to go up, and the left's not going to know what to do. Let's go to a Pete in Orlando. Pete, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think actually this has to do with his last uh, signing of the omnibus uh, bill. Basically, uh, you know, he did bring out that uh, he wanted to put the DACA kids in there, and that was a huge fight. Uh, that, you know, people are saying that he's not for the DACA kids, and, uh, you know, he hammered that. Um, he did push the bill through, although I was hoping he was going to veto the damn thing. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think the independent uh, voters is where he actually grabbed a lot of people. So I really think yeah. that that had a huge part to do with that. I don't think this Stormy Daniels thing is going to be a big deal at all. I mean, it happened before his presidency. And, uh, you know, I think his supporters are still going to be behind him. Gotcha, Pete. I appreciate your call. I just got a text in. It says, I know he wasn't a saint, but if he did cheat on his wife just after his son was born, I, as well as almost everyone I know, is done with him. So a texter thinks that it will hurt him. I have to admit, it's not good for our culture that we might have a president who cheated on his wife and, you know, is denying and won't admit it. That's, I'm, I'm not saying that's a good thing. Nobody should cheat on their wife. I'm just looking at the political realities. I don't think it's going to hurt Trump. I just don't. I don't think it's good for our culture, but I don't think it's going to hurt Trump. Another person said, I won't vote for Trump again because of the $1.3 trillion spending bill. And I think it's political things like that that could hurt Trump, if anything. And I'm not even sure that would hurt Trump at this point. Uh, Let's take another call here. Let's go to Ben in Claremont. Ben, what's your take on this? Well, like you, Yaffe, I, I was reluctant for Trump, but now I'm in all the way with him. Really? So you're on the Trump train now? Oh, absolutely. All right, so you're one of those people then. I appreciate your call. One of those people. Why his <laughs> approval rating is going up. All right, Deborah Roberts is coming in at the bottom of the hour. She's going to update us on the latest news. By the way, she has. we have our legal brief segment with attorney jeff kaufman which deborah will interview him and talk about the latest with the nor solomon trial so you'll want to stay tuned for the rest of the show and catch that as well and if you have any legal questions yourself for our attorney jeff kaufman you can text it to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply it is 829 here on good morning orlando So the Norrell Salmon trial is, is big news today because they have the closing arguments happening today. 
who knows, there could be a verdict today. Yeah, there could. We could see a verdict by the end of the week. So, and you have the latest on that, and then you're also going to be talking with our attorney on that as well. Yes, we have our legal briefs with attorney Jeff Kaufman coming up, and we welcome, if you have a legal question and you'd like some great free legal advice, you can text it to 23680. Uh, standard uh, message and data rates do apply, but we would love your questions. Jeff is board certified in how many states, Jeff? 20, 25? 18. 18 states? You'll get there. You'll that get to 20 unbelievable. eventually. unbelievable. I've never met an attorney who is, who is certified in 18 states. So yeah. this is a great opportunity for listeners to get some free advice. So that number again is 23680. All right. Sounds good. And speaking of the uh, Noor Salman trial, it turns out a few factors made Noor Salman what one psychologist calls a prime candidate for a false confession. A doctor who testified for the defense yesterday said Salman's lack of intelligence, immaturity, vulnerable nature, and lack of sleep during interrogation contributed to her being coerced into saying she knew about the Pulse nightclub attack ahead of time. Salman is on trial for helping her husband plan the mass shooting two years ago. The defense rested yesterday, and closing arguments will be made this morning. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Hawaiian man who chased a baseball in between two buildings found himself stuck for three hours while firefighters staged a rescue effort. Stuck in between two buildings? Yeah. KHON reports Michael Anthony Maggiacomo, also known as Baseball Mike, was bouncing baseballs between the buildings when one fell in the nine-inch wide space. So what does he do? (laughs) Maggiacomo thought, yeah, I'll fit. But then he found himself subsequently trapped. Well, yeah, it's nine, it's nine inches. inches, dude. Hello. <laughs> when a passerby heard his calls for help, firefighters responded to a 911 call. The rescue workers began to chisel away at the walls to free Maggiacomo and offered words of comfort to calm him down. He was finally removed after three hours and brought to the hospital in serious condition. He evaded major injury and is now recovering, hopefully from now on at He'll at least require a foot of space before he's going to try and crawl into something. You know, I don't think baseballs are that expensive. (laughs) Just go to the store and get another one. (laughs) I mean, save yourself, you know, (laughs) save those three hours. Just a thought. Hey, two pilots say they saw a UFO over Arizona. Really? Yeah, it happened February 24th. This is a pretty interesting story. An American Airlines pilot reported to air traffic control that he saw an object flying at 40,000 feet with a big reflection. The pilot was asked if he thought if it could be a weather balloon, but he didn't think that was the case. Yeah, another pilot for Phoenix Air in the same area also reported a UFO soon after. He also couldn't tell what it was, but said it wasn't an airplane. No other aircraft were reported in the area, but it is possible it could have been a weather balloon since they aren't required to be reported to the FAA. Uh, Can't we stop it with the weather balloon? We've been saying the weather balloon balloon. since Roswell (laughs) back in the 50s. You know, it's interesting, though, that it happened over Arizona, which, of course, where a lot of this stuff happens. So it could be something that. Yeah, and our government is up to. Well, I don't know. Plus, there was some news about some uh, weird cloud formations out yeah, over Arizona. That was a big story yesterday. Yeah, and over California, people trying to um, determine what the heck it is. So, what you're saying is the aliens are here. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're here. All right. And you're probably sitting next to quite a few of them in traffic. <laughs> you can tell they're alien just by the way they drive. Yes. <laughs> and finally, some good news to report. A newly married tree in Fort Myers won't be chopped down. 
Oh, you had, you had this story for us yesterday, right? Yeah, exactly. After residents made emotional pleas at a meeting yesterday, the city's Beautification Advisory Board announced that the landmark ficus tree and its 8,000 uh, square foot canopy will not, that has stood for decades, at least 100 years, and Snell Family Park will be spared. So the marriage actually worked. Yes. Karen Cooper of Fort Myers and several other ficus lovers had married the tree in a ceremony last Saturday. The Fort Myers News Press quoted Cooper as saying, quote, I am not a whack job. I was just trying to prevent one, end quote. Oh, okay. She said she got the idea from women in Mexico who were marrying trees to protest deforestation. So that's why she married the ficus tree. All right. Of course, now she has to deal with the marriage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's always the hard part. You know, drops his (laughs) leaves everywhere, doesn't pick up after himself, you know. Forgets his anniversary. Forgets his anniversary. <laughs> doesn't shade me anymore. <laughs> All right, Deb. Is that it for us? That is it for us. And again, if you have a, a legal question, we've got legal briefs with Attorney Jeff Kaufman coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so. You can text your question to us at 23680. All right. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1. Welcome back to News Radio 1025 WFLA. It's time now for Legal Briefs with Attorney Jeff Kaufman, nationally recognized personal injury attorney who is licensed in 18 states. Great opportunity. For you to get some free legal advice this morning, but if you can't uh, manage to text us your question to 23680, you can always reach Jeff at 407-706-3535 or just go to whenyouneedus.com. You can also email Jeff at jeff at whenyouneedus.com. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, stopping by once again. It's good to see you. Yeah, no problem. Wednesdays wouldn't be Wednesdays without you. Yeah, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to say. And, of course, um, 18 states, you are board certified, so you know your stuff. So when we talk about this huge trial of Norris Salmon, the Pulse Gunman's widow, um, you know, you were one of the attorneys who correctly called it right off the bat. You really didn't think that the government had as strong of a case as we outside of the uh, legal field? thought that maybe they did, kind of thought of it as a slam dunk. As we enter into this day when we're looking at, you know, closing arguments and deliberations beginning by the jury, what's your take as a legal expert? You know, a lot of people look at this trial and they think it's all about knowledge. We've talked about this on many occasions. What did she know? Really, that's, it's a two-part test. It's not as simple as say, if she got up and they said, guess what? I knew it all. It's not enough. Really? They have to prove that she did something to help it. So, so that's just, the big thing. Knowledge isn't enough. It's a two part test. All, all of our laws have basic rules that you have to follow. In this case, the charge of abetting is requires knowledge and an overt act. So that's why aiding and abetting is always yes. a combination charge. Well, it's, it's a cute it's a cute name, but it's just you have to have knowledge and you had to do something to further it. I and see. they have to show furtherance. And I think. If the jury does come to that conclusion, they came to it because they're going, she helped in the sense that she might have helped him pay her bills. She might have done the, done something. Well, she was in the car helping him drive around, whether she covered up the alibi. That's why they keep trying to show that when she says, you were out with your friend, that that's what she was doing to help him. I okay, see. that's the big thing. That's the act. She knew it, and that's the act. Now, the obstruction charge is that simple. Did she lie? And that's why they're saying, well, she was simple. No, she lied. She simply lied by saying, I was less than honest. And she wrote those words down. Now, they're claiming, well, she didn't know what she was writing. And I guess a jury can say that. But the problem is this. Having a doctor say you're simple 
and not hearing from you, when she doesn't get up and testify and say, listen, I didn't know what he was doing, you're relying on some, a paid expert to come to that conclusion. And I, I, don't th- I think juries hate that, especially when the charge is that you lied. I mean, that's what the charge is. You lied. Right. And, she, and even though they say that, uh, you know, how can I put this, that you don't have to testify. Juries don't like it when they don't hear from you. I wanted to ask you that question because so often, you know, we know it's within our right to not have to testify. But I've always wondered from the from the end of the attorney, how is that perceived? Because I know when I see it in courtroom dramas that you just can't help but think, hmm, why won't you testify? And whatever you could say, well, you're not supposed to think about that. Yes, we're human beings. Right, right. That's why you pick juries because you want people to rule a certain way. If anyway, we could just roll people in and not have to pick them. But we try to find out who they are, and we never really know who they are. Right. And somebody can go, well, I know they told me not to look at, but you know, she just looks guilty. And I've been on a jury, which I, I think it's a complete. The two attorneys who put me on were too intelligent to do that, <laughs> but. They put me on, and I sat in that room, and all of these people did was talk about the trial. You're not allowed to talk about it. They don't stop talking about it. <laughs> they start talking about it from the moment they see the person. Do you see that guy? You see his eyes? He looks shifty. I mean, these are the things that are said in, back, in that back room. Yeah. So you don't think they're going, hey, you think she's going to testify? You think this is going to happen? And when you don't, she's not sitting up there. This is different than Casey Anthony because Casey Anthony could have only hurt herself. Right. That's why they didn't put her forward. I think this jury needs her to say, to see how dumb this woman is. You can't just say she's an idiot. That's why she didn't understand. They need to see that stupidity to feel bad for her. And they might walk her completely. They might find her, you know, it's a jury. Right. You never you know never what know. they're going to do. If they follow the law, if they actually do follow the law itself, she, get, she get, she's free on the first charge and they knock her out on the obstruction. But I, I bet a, a lot of folks are probably just as surprised as I am to learn that just knowing, I mean, like you, you had said during the break that her husband could have said to her, honey, I'm going to put a bullet in everyone's head. And her just admitting that she knew that isn't cause enough for her to face some charges. I don't know if you remember the Spider-Man movie where the uh, where Peter Parker sitting there after and watching a theft happen and the, the burglar yeah. runs by and walks away, runs away, and he does absolutely nothing. Not a crime. Hmm. Not a crime. You, if somebody walked, ran through this room with a bag of money and said, I just killed everybody and kept running, and you and I sat here and did nothing, well, there, not, there, not against the law. There was that case of um, teenagers in Brevard County watching a man drown, and there was some speculation of coming up with the Good Samaritan Law, that if you the didn't good, respond. Good Samaritan Law only applies to my, protect me. If I help you and something goes wrong, you can't sue me based on the Good Samaritan Law. But the only time I have a duty is when, let's say, I convince somebody else not to help. Oh, no, I got this, and I let you drown. That's when I'm held liable. Wow. You learn so much whenever you come in. And I want to get to some listeners' questions real quick, including, um, you know, the the new census in 2020 came out, and and it was going to include a question about citizenship. And a listener had asked, what legal question, which census questions do you have to answer? All of them. Really? All of them. You have, you have a duty to answer your census. It's punishable by up to a $5,000 fine. You are kidding me. But this is even, the cool thing about this is this, and this is where the nonsense comes in. They can't share your private information with anything. You could wrote down there, I've killed eight people. They can't share it. That's part of the rule. They can't share this information with anybody that, that goes back to you. Hey, hey, listen, Bob said he's this. No, 
But they can share it with other government agencies, obviously. They can share the basic information, not where it came from. They can't say who said this. So your personal information never gets out as far as it applies to you. So being able to say I'm a citizen or not a citizen doesn't affect anybody. It's not like uh, INS is going to kick in the door tomorrow. They right. can't because they, they're not allowed to share the person who, who said it. No, but what's crazy is that for all of those who are thinking of protesting the question by not answering the census, it's it, be well aware it is punishable by law. Yes, but a, a five thousand up to a five thousand dollar fine. Now, how would they know if you did or did not answer the you census? You didn't send it back. They're, they keep track of who who answers it, but they don't. They can't share the information, but they can't penalize you for not filling it out. You're better off, in other words, you're better off filling out your census information. That's the best way to keep your data secure rather than filling out a survey and you on love Facebook. This. If, you're li- if you lie, it's punishable too. What? Yeah. How do they know if you lie? I, I don't know. Maybe they're psychic. Seriously? Like if you say baboon, they, they obviously know you're not a baboon. So, I mean, that's... Uh. Wow. You, well, you learn something new every day. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Wow. Okay. And then our last question from a listener. Can a parent emancipate their child to not have to pay child support? A parent does not emancipate the child. The child emancipates himself. Okay. Okay. The parent doesn't go, hey, guess what? Bobby, you know, you're 12. Yeah, I'm already, you know, spread it's your wings. You, you're you out of here. Young man. No, Bobby's the one who has to file for emancipation. The parent doesn't emancipate him for him. Okay. So, yes, you can't just, hey, I don't want to pay child support anymore because I think Susie should take care of herself, you know. <laughs> She's earning those lollipops from the dentist. She sure can do this for. Well, you know, there's a lot of parents out there going, I worked at Burger it. King at 15. We can do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone should work some kind of oh, a fast yeah. food job at some point in their lives to really kind of understand what it means to serve other people. Um, speaking of Facebook, I had made a couple of jokes about this earlier, but the data mining scandal, now we're finding out that they're potentially listening in on your phone conversations on your smartphones so that they can do a better targeted advertising. You know, there's a lot of discussion moving forward about uh, legal ramifications for Facebook. For consumers, in a nutshell, what can we expect to see out of this? Listen, you're going to, it's, it, this is like steroids in baseball. It's interesting. <laughs> but in the end, it's really silly. I mean, where, who's actually damaged? Oh, my God, they targeted a Viagra commercial to me because I, I, they saw where I went on a site. And now uh, these Viagra ads are popping up all over my Facebook. Well, what I about mean, the you data have to mining? show your damages? What, how is somebody damaged because they had to see a commercial for Donald Trump? I mean, really, that's what we're talking about. Oh, Lord, that Trump commercial emotionally affected me. I mean, you have to show damages. And I know that the government can find them and everything else like that. But in the end... You're going to, oh, it affected the election. It affected this. I want you to know, this is how good things are. Based on my Facebook, based on where I go on LinkedIn, I can walk by a store and an ad will pop up in their window based on who I am because they're targeting my cell phone. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're talking the amount of information that's being sold on a daily basis. For example, Best Buy and all these companies that collect your information. That stuff is sold for free. So what's the difference between Best Buy selling your stuff just because you gave? So you know at the end when they go, can we have your phone number? No. You cannot have my phone number because I don't want you to sell it to a bunch of monkeys who are just going to call me up late at night. Well, we are going to give you Jeff Kaufman's phone number so that if you weren't able to text in your legal question, you can. You can always reach him at uh, whenyouneedus.com. Give him a a call as well at 407-706-3535. Thank you once again, Attorney Jeff Kaufman, nationally recognized personal injury attorney licensed in 18 states. Join us next Wednesday once again for Legal Briefs. We're going to take a short break, and Mike Yaffe will be back with the rest of Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025 WFLS. 
So welcome back. This is Good Morning Orlando. I'm Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud should be back tomorrow. Uh, he was having a little bit uh, problem with the voice, a little sore throat, um, but he should be feeling better and be back tomorrow. That was a really interesting segment with our attorney, Jeff Kaufman and Deb there. I actually learned a lot that I did not know. For instance, they are exactly right. All the talk of this Nor Solomon trial has been about, did she know ahead of time? And he pointed out her knowing isn't enough to convict her of anything. She would have to have known and helped and assisted Omar. And I haven't really seen any proof out there from the prosecution that there was, there was any help that she did assist. Well, the closing argument should be going on right now as we speak. Yeah, the closing arguments are there. We have Stephanie who is um, at the courthouse right now, and she's going to tell us what happened there at the closing arguments. And maybe if there's a verdict, we'll find that out tomorrow on Good Morning Orlando. We talked about a lot of different things on the show today. If you've missed any of the show this morning, we can catch the podcast of the show on our website, 1025WFLA.com. I'll end the show just like Bud does. God bless you and God bless America. Catch you guys next time.